Hi, this is Don Mitchell, and welcome to Dawn of Sports. Myself, Jim Suhan, we've got a great show coming up for you. We will talk with Jack Jablonski. Not only does he have a huge gala raising funds for his foundation coming up, but also we get his take on the recent scandal in the NHL regarding rainbow tape and supporting gay players and also the gay community. But we have so much more to talk about. We're going to talk about the Vikings getting a huge win, ugly, albeit at that, and other things going on in Minnesota. So stick around for Dawn of Sports. Well, Dawn, we were in Chicago together, and it was such a typical Chicago experience. Sloppy field, sloppy play. But you know what? They won. They won. And, And if there's a lesson to be learned, for the Minnesota Viking fan this weekend in the midst of this disappointing yet still hopeful season. I put an asterisk on hopeful. Let's go with it. Is you got to pay attention to the rest of the league, right? The Vikings, uh-huh. the Vikings didn't play well. They have a million problems, but they won on a day where the Eagles lost to the Jets. The 49ers lost to the Browns. The Bills almost should have lost at home to a terrible Giants team. Take the win and just run. I, you know, and it's so typical to say any given Sunday and Vikings fans, sometimes, you know, you go down that rabbit hole of, all right, they're terrible. The season's over. But if you, I, I mean, you have to put the blinders on and be like, okay, division, division, division. What can they do here? Um, I was in that game going, what are they doing? <laughs> I was like, you know, we, we started the season thinking the offense is going to be lights out. The defense is questionable. That defense, and at times, still you're like wondering what's going on. And it wasn't such a break that Justin Fields went down either. I mean, the other guy came in. Everyone was like looking up, what, Shepherd University? Where the heck is that? West Virginia? How do you pronounce his name? Um, he, he uh, This is the funny part. He could run mm-hmm. and he could throw. But this is what the player said. Cam Bynum says, we knew he was a runner. He's got the tattoos. That's my favorite quote. Isn't that the of best? The year. And he was we serious. He was a running quarterback because he had tattoos. He had tattoos. It's my favorite quote of the year. It's fantastic. My my photographer, Aaron Goodyear, after we were done interviewing Cam Bynum, went over to him and goes, hey, dude, really? Like, you, that's how you tell? And he said, he thought he said, yeah, it was funny. He goes, no, that's how we tell. <laughs> like, dead serious. Like, yeah, he had tats. So I we knew that he could it. be runner. So It's fantastic. So the defense had it. They had it kind of harder um, when a backup comes in because they haven't seen much tape. They don't know what he's going to do. But then when you have Jordan Hicks playing like he's 25 years old again, you know, you, you Bynum, um, excuse me, Byron Murphy Jr., he was like, I just had to get one. I just had to get one. I was telling myself I had to get one. Then you have Daniil Hunter with two sacks, and I think he, he had everywhere. like five combined tackles yeah, too, everywhere. right? Just a beast. Daniel Hunter won the game. Yes, absolutely. Now say, oh, you did that against a terrible Bears team. You know what? Say what you will, but they're in the division. And if they lost that game, ooh, then it would have been over. Would have been yes. fire sale. And you know what? They're one game out of the wild card. That sounds so good, Jim. They're one game out of the wild card. So listen, we can, I'm with you. Like I wrote, mm-hmm. I, I wrote how bad the game was. I wrote how bad the roster is, but it's the NFL. You just mm-hmm. stay in contention and wait and see what happens. You don't. You don't, and we'll talk about this later. You don't trade everybody. You don't give up on the season. Uh, and 
the offense doesn't look good without Justin Jefferson, but nope. it was the first week without Jefferson. And the defense has been much better lately. It's much better than it was last year. Uh, and they don't sit around waiting to get beat like they did last year. And Jordan Addison, he's still a rookie, right? Yep. So he said, all right, we practiced that play in practice. I was a little slow on it. At least I wasn't slow on it for that. It was a beautiful touchdown. They just need more of them. You know, I think when when uh, Deuce, when Alexander Madison has the most targets on your offense, I still think that's a problem. It is. Right? And I really think that Cam Akers needs to be the lead running back. I, if you watch replays of Madison, he's fumbled too much, he's dropped too many passes, and he doesn't follow his blockers. So he's got to run over like three people to make it, to, to actually be valuable, and I don't think he's capable of that. Cam Akers, I think, is a much smoother back. I think he follows his blocking better. He's got better hands. He's smooth, a smoother route runner. I think they're going to need to make that transition. And he's got power up the middle. Yep. Uh, my, my problem with Alex is also when he's catching out of the backfield, it's kind of like stop, look, yeah. and it's over. Yep. And if he, if he catches that screen pass against the, the Chiefs, they might have a chance to win that game. Right, you know? right. He just made too many big mistakes. Uh, we're going to get more into the Vikings. We're going to talk Twins. We're going to talk Knicks and Ooh. Timberwolves. Yes. We're going to talk about women's sports because we always do. Jack Jablonski is our guest today. We've had great guests Mike Tirico, Jim Cott, uh, uh, Chad Greenway, uh, uh, Mark Rosen have been the guests so far. We're going to start bringing on a lot of women guests from yes. the sports and media world. We're li really looking forward to that. Uh, by the way, this is Dawn of Sports. She's Dawn Mitchell from Fox 9. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. Thanks to our sponsors, All Energy Solar, AllEnergySolar.com, and Rudy Luther Toyota, who have been big supporters of women's sports throughout uh, the, the history of talknorth.com. If you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest ways to listen. Also go to, to talknorth.com. You'll find two Viking shows, a bunch of hockey shows, John Krasinski on the Wolves, uh, myself and John Krasinski on the Vikings, Jeff Diamond on the Vikings, John Malay on preps, all kinds of outdoor content, variety content. We appreciate all your support. We really do. Keep listening. Subscribe to the shows you like. So let's, let's get to it. Uh, let's go to take it from us. Trade deadline is coming up for the Vikings. And I know that when they were one and four, everybody, so many Vikings fans wanted them to trade Cousins, trade Daniel Hunter, give up on the season, throw it away, and hope for a high draft pick. They're not going to do it. No, nope. it's just not going to happen. Kirk Cousins is not going to waive his his trade loss. Uh, and Daniel Hunter is your best defender, and you probably need to sign him to an extension, not Ex get rid of him. Absolutely, you could have taken the words out of my mouth any clearer. I almost giggled to myself because we all knew Kirk Cousins was going to come out and say, "I'm not waiving my no trade clause." He doesn't wave on those things. He probably won't take a pay cut. He he is who he is. He likes it here. He likes it here. His family is settled. He's got young kids, and players and teams they don't think like fans do. You know, and that's why they're professional athletes. You know, they don't get the outside noise. They don't get that that group think of emotion. You know, like okay, like you know, we're only not even to our bye week, so let's you know methodically kind of plant it, and then we'll see where it goes. Gosh, we've we've both seen teams that have backed in eight and eight when there's always sixteen teams they back into the postseason. So they're not giving up until they're mathematically eliminated. So I get that. Daniel Hunter, foolish to even trade him. But some other guys, I'm telling you, once October 31st comes around, depending on where they sit, there might be, but I don't think any big splash is going to be made. 
I think the problem is anybody they would want to trade, other teams aren't going to want. Uh-huh. And the teams that they could get value, the players they get value for, they're going to need. Right. Uh, again, as this assuming they stay within reasonable mathematical distance of a playoff spot. And again, they're one game out right now. They could afford to, uh, obviously they beat the 49ers. They're actually in pretty good shape. They lose the 49ers. They have a stretch of about five games that are all winnable with Jefferson coming back in a few weeks. It, listen, I'm not saying it's, it's a sh- sure thing. I'm not even saying it's a likelihood, but you play the season out. You play the season out because you don't know. You don't know if Jared Goff's going to get hurt next week right. and the division's going to be sitting there for you. You just don't know. You don't know. And let me tell you, Quasey said it, competitive rebuild, okay? He knew what it was, but he's not the one dropping passes. You know, he's not the one delay a game. He's not the the guy making a bonehead mistake or a penalty. It, that's different. The quality of talent, they hit on Addison. You know, the quality of talent that they're bringing in, how they've assembled it, how B-Flow has got his defense going. It's pretty much what they, they dialed up at the beginning on the header of calling it a competitive rebuild. My only fault is they've got to do something with that offensive line. And it's kind of like, I just feel like I've been saying it for the 20 years that I've been here, you know, and I'm not saying the guys that are there are horrible. I'm just saying you need guys that are going to step up and give a guy like Kirk Cousins more time. Kirk Cousins doesn't have tattoos. He's not running around the field, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So he's an in the pocket guy. It's like he comes as advertised. And so sometimes that's the thing that boggles the mind, you know? Um, Also what this is an aside, this has nothing to do with talent. What I found to be funny is how they started talking about playing Creed in the locker room. And it was Garrett Bradbury and people like, Oh, he's contributing. Can't Garrett Bradbury is, when I said, let's bring Creed in, um, whatever works. Well, I will say as someone who, who loves music and is, you know, a musician to a certain extent, I think. You're offended by it? Well, I think, <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I think threatening the locker room, hey, if you don't start winning, we're going to play Creed every week. I think it's a great way to get them. I, I can't. I think when you are threatened with listening to Creed, I think they, I don't see them ever losing a game again. That reminds me of me in college when you knew someone was hungover. I mean, not that we drink underage. Um, if Never. someone was hungover, you knew someone was having it bad. When one of our roommates was blaring the next morning, yep. John Denver. Well, that'll do it. Oh, yep. Rocky Mountain High. You knew ooh, 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 someone's in a bad way. And you I, don't want John Denver to play. And I think if they lose Monday night, they will up the ante and stop playing Creed and start playing Nickelback. Oh, oh. Just don't play Ario Speedwagon, please. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't reach for a dial to change the channel fast enough. I, I, here's what I'll hot say. Take. Here's what I'll say as someone who spent part of my formative years in St. Louis, where Ario Speedwagon was big. Before Ario Speedwagon became schlocky, bad ballad, bad FM oh, radio, oh. but back in their early years, they were just a pretty good bar band, and they actually did some decent stuff. It's, it's as soon as they realized they could make more money by doing horrible ballads, that's when they became the Ario Speedwagon that we both hate. <laughs> it's like when Wham said, oh, come on, we made Duran Duran look like a real band. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's that kind of thing. But hey, if Creed works, I even somehow wove it into my story, you know, to, you know, take it high. You did, as yes. a matter of fact. Yes, yes. that's an excellent story, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, but, and, and you know what? Let's take, let's take it here. We're talking about trade deadlines. We're talking yes. about Minnesota teams. Here's my rant for the week. Do it. I am sick of the national media, and that's ESPN on the East Coast. It's it's Fox parental uh, media, the conglomerate out of New York. It's the athletic out of New York. It's 
uh, CBS. It's everybody. And Krasinski, I talked about this on our show. Stop pretending Minnesota teams are your farm system. Right. Kirk Cousins doesn't exist to help the Jets win. Carl Anthony Towns does not exist to help the Knicks win. The Twins are not a farm system for the Yankees. Stop it. There was a time in the 90s where the Twins were a farm system for the Yankees. It's not there anymore. You and I were going to talk about the fact that the Knicks, once again, are rumored to be interested in Carl Anthony Towns. It doesn't matter. The Timberwolves are not trading Carl Anthony Towns to you. Maybe, listen, if this year goes horribly, then maybe that happens. Right now, the Timberwolves think Carl Anthony Towns is a really good player and he's going to win them a lot of games. They're not here to make the Knicks happy. They're not. And I didn't like, I think the national media, um, what's the word? Monitoring. The Knicks are monitoring. monitoring. Sure. Like as if they have. And a- I'm monitoring Lamborghinis. <laughs> doesn't mean I'm going to get one. But the fact of the matter is, all right, the Timberwolves are going to have to figure out the money situation, right? When it comes to Cat, Ant, Rudy. Right. But but not this year. And and I, I mean, it's not a bad thing if you have other supporting people that can take the place of Cat, but you need at least two or three guys that can do that. Cat is their best three-point shooter. He's probably their, he's their most accomplished offensive player, although I think Anthony Edwards is passing him in terms of sheer dynamics. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he is 6'11". He's not a great defender, but he can rebound, and he can defend to a certain extent, and they can afford to keep him this year. There's just nothing there that says they're going to trade him. I think too. uh, And in the past, we've heard people call him soft, you know, mentally soft, the whole Jimmy Butler, blah, blah, blah. I think he is a little bit stronger mentally. Now he's kind of turned a corner this past year, but also he has an aunt and a Rudy. He's not the biggest name on the team. He doesn't have to carry that weight anymore. And he's willing to play with those guys. Yes, He makes room for those guys, which I don't think it's uh, mentioned enough in this market. I expect him to have a very good year. I expect the team to have a very good year. If those things don't happen a year from now, they will trade him or they'll move on from him in some way. But th- don't not now. This They're going to give this a shot. You know, I will tell you, I was reading some stories and it looked like, oh, does he want to be traded? Because people were asking about, well, Tibbs, you had an issue. Oh, I don't, you know, we're past that. Tibbs and both Tibbs and he were singing each other's praises, kind of like it was a kind of like a bro club. Right. And I'm like, is there some sort of backdoor deal that, you know, I don't know the way I read it. But then again, you don't believe everything that you read. Nope. Sometimes that's just if someone asks Listen. me, I'm not going to say to a uh publishing company or anything that I don't like someone. And, and it might be true that Tibbs wants them. It yeah. might be true that the Knicks want them. They, they, they might be reading the national media and thinking, okay, maybe the Wolves will move on from him. There's no indication from the Wolves organization that they want to move on from him. Um, let's do one more uh, local sports topic before we get to women's sports. Yes. I want to say this. Um, the Twins, you know, they, they go out in the, AL, in the ALDS. They finally win a playoff series. Uh, we had a session with Rocco and Falvey last week where we talked about, you know, the future. Uh, I've talked to a bunch of Twins people behind the scenes. I think they're building something special there. I absolutely agree. But I think you go down swinging. <laughs> you don't go down looking. Yeah. I was just saying, you go down swinging. But I absolutely agree. And I think it came, Jim, and, and maybe you disagree with me, I think it came together faster than they expected. I think this year was a surprise with how fast, but they knew Royce Lewis was going to be good injuries aside, but especially losing Luisa rise, seeing Pablo come in, but I'm also talking the chemistry, 
you know, and people are like, okay, that's kind of a soft word, chemistry. No, when you see teams having fun, uh, we even asked Glenn Perkins this. He goes, we didn't have the home run vests or anything like that when we played. He goes, that stuff's fun, and that brings a locker room together. So they came together as a team, but also their talents were starting to come along. Um, I agree with you, and and I think it is something that they're building for the future. So, And just how that wild card was just the fans. And it was, it was sad to hear, but it was truthful to hear some of these players saying, I've never experienced that. Well, and that's one thing I was going to get to when I talk about building something special. I think the organization's in great position. They have excellent young talent. Uh, They have been aggressive in free agency lately. I think they're going to be really good for the next three to five years. But I was going to say that. Think about this. Uh, They go to the playoffs in 2017 for a one-game playoff in New Mm -hmm. York, right? So no home playoff game. 2019, they won 101 games, but by the time they play a home game, they're down 0-2 to the Yankees in the playoffs, and everybody knows it's over. Yep. 2020, COVID year, Astros in an empty ballpark. Right. No fans. I don't think Rocco, Falvey, or this group of players had any idea that baseball Minnesota can be as good as it was in this playoffs because they had never seen the fan base react to them that way. Absolutely. And I think... And I, what I want to see is the fan base remember how much fun that was because this is going to be a good team next year. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for October. Don't, exactly. Bring it in the regular yeah. season. You know, hanging on pitches, yeah. you know, staying to the end of the game you when it means something. You can get the target field for very little money and you can walk around the concourse and watch from anywhere you want. And it can be a great atmosphere in the regular season. Hey, let me tell you, I came in here a little snobby, okay? I grew up with Fenway Park. Right. I worked in Chicago at Wrigley Field. So they're building Target. The Dome, I loved it because it was inside, right? right? You know, I didn't care if there were rats running around. I'm like, hey, you they know, nice it's rats. cold here. What, we, you had know. Nick- we had nicknames for the rats. They were nice. Yeah, they were so nice. Fun. As long as they didn't bite you. Yeah. I'm like, so I didn't mind it. But when they were building this, I'm like, hmm, you know, there's always that little hmm in the back of my head. I will tell you, I have family that comes here, and it is me. And I have spent a lot of times in Fenway and Wrigley. I love Target Field. Target Field's great. And my family comes in, they go, can we go? We love it. Even if we like just get the $5 ticket to walk right. around. We lo- There's just something about it. So, And then to hear it's it so loud. It, taking such great care of it. Yeah. And it's, it's just fun. So, and it's not fun where there were a couple of years when I first got here and I was at the dome and I went to one of the twins game as I bought a ticket, one as a fan and people weren't paying attention to what was going on. They're like getting their food, walking in front of us. I'm like, Oh my God, if you did that at Fenway, you, you actually might be injured. Yep. Um, but here they wait to the pit. Like yeah, we'll just, they we'll get talk about you behind your back here. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. And boss, they'd be like, Hey, Sit down or I'll remove like, you. I'm going to go home and put a Facebook post about you. <laughs> but it was just so great. And I got to experience it. I've never before in my career had a chance to, in Minnesota, be at a game that mattered that way, wild card, and actually still have my off day because mm-hmm. I haven't been in football season covering football when the Twins have gone this far. So when my bosses said, no, you, th- those are your off days. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be part of that and to have the fans be, I know they're savvy because I deal with, with Minnesota fans all the time. Uh, I was a little ticked that the national media was like, Oh, look how into it they are. Like as if Minnesotans don't know like the ins and outs of baseball. It's like they were hanging on every pitch and I loved it. So I am looking forward to, to next year and beyond. Before we get to Jack, we're going to talk women's sports. We're going to do agree to disagree. We do want to thank all energy solar, all energy solar.com. 
Also, want to know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project, home or business, from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com, allenergysolar.com slash coach. Also, want to thank longtime sponsor of the network and women's sports, Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. All right, let's get to women's sports. WA, I'm, I'm glad that the Liberty won game three of the WNBA finals. We're talking here on Tuesday. Maybe the series will be over by the time you hear this. But mm. We're going to talk in general terms. I'm glad the Liberty won game three because I, Making I love it a what series, the Aces kinda. are doing, but I don't want the perception to be that they're just going to run roughshod over everybody every game, every year. I want there to be competitiveness. And now Chelsea Gray's hurt. Right. Uh, Kelsey Plum, who I find a very yes. interesting figure, is going to probably take over as point guard for the Aces, at least in game four. And I tell you what, I saw, I kind of saw her develop because she was a good, she was a pretty good WNBA player. And then she played on the th- gold medal winning three on three women's basketball team in Tokyo mm-hmm. and watching her up close, I realized what a tremendous athlete. These three on three, you have to be in great shape. They never stop. Yeah, oh, they don't. They keep going. Yeah. And she's strong. She's incredibly well conditioned. She can shoot it in anybody's face. Uh, she's kind of somebody I keep an eye on just because I got to see her up close in that way. Yeah, and she was their leading scorer this last game, right? So yeah. what I really like about her, too, it's not only you hear Becky Hammond. Of course, she's going to be helping her her young players come along. But you mentioned Chelsea Gray. So here's Chelsea, you know, former MVP. She, she's got her game going. She will take her aside. And be like, I am proud of you. She had one of the games early on in August, like a 19-point game. But picking out what she liked about her game and this and that, to have a peer, to have a teammate be willing to do that in season when they're worried about their own um, game and, and how well they're doing is fantastic, especially with some, I mean, we know this, Jim, sometimes it's like they're your teammate, but you don't want them taking over for you, right? It doesn't matter what you already have in your back pocket in terms of accolades, but to be able to be that open and share, and then you see the fruits of the labor right now, seeing Plum, God, what she, wow, she had 29 points or something last game. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm a little nervous for Chelsea Gray, that foot injury. They're not really saying exactly what it is. Um, even when Ionescu on the other team is saying, oh, we're praying for her. You know, when you see the other team is saying, we hope she gets better. It probably did not look good. No, I agree. Uh, a couple other things going on in women's sports, you know, Nebraska had the incredible attendance at their volleyball game in a football stadium. I mean, it broke all attendance records. Now we're seeing Caitlin Clark in Iowa playing you know, again, uh, setting attendance records. Caitlin Clark had a triple double playing. You know, at Kinnick, right? At, at it Kinnick. was outside. Yeah, and it's uh, and I, I'm really hoping that Gopher basketball under Don can get it going in that way. We also hope Gopher volleyball get turns around and they can do some things. But 
people are itching to support women's sports when given the right opening and, and the team gets people excited. Iowa, Iowa is supporting women's basketball as well as any state in the country. Nebraska is supporting women's volleyball as well as any state in the country. The Midwest can do these things. Uh, I'm really hoping that Dawn's team can open the door where we get back to seeing big crowds at Williams Arena, just like when Lindsay was playing. And sometimes you just have to give it the opportunity, right? Don't say, oh, we're not going to have it at Huntington Bank Stadium because we're not going to fill it. Don't Make say it that. Event. Making an event. That's what they did at Kinnick, yeah. right? Like, like I forget what the exact terms of it was, but blah, blah, blah. At Kinnick, people want to go for the event, but they stay for the game, mm-hmm. right? They stay for these athletes that people are hungry for it. And I love it now where it's men and women now will tell me, oh, yeah, have you been following so-and-so at blah, yep. blah, blah? And I'm like, wow, that's impressive. You know, whether it's like the youngest girl now that's now tearing it up in the U.S. women's uh, team. But when it comes to basketball here, we know how loud the Gophers fan base can be for Gopher women. It just has to get back there. Yep. And you can't just throw it away like, well, we don't know who's on the team. We don't. Well, then it's up to the the school well, to promote got, it. They got Mara Braun on the team. That's, I mean, and, and listen, they, Nia Holloway could be a, an excellent Correct. player as well. Uh, but they and and you know, Battle is a, a really nice player, and I think they're going to recruit really well. I think they have a, it's a it's a tough conference. I'm not going to make any grand p- projections, but they're going to be interesting. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be interesting, and I wouldn't be shocked if they break through pretty quickly. Yeah, and the, we talked about this on earlier shows. The only thing that really ticks me off is that the women's team, some people here, not everyone, feel they've got to be championship status in order for it to be big. No. Just be competitive. Just That's right. Be like the Have wild. the games be meaningful. That's yeah. right. And have these these women um, just kind of showcase their wares. I I love the fact it's not only ESPNW or this and that. You need channels where you can focus on these women and have them talk and and have women that aren't afraid to be spokespersons. Like Rachel Banham has really kind of now ex- expanded her whether it's social media or whatever. They're they're not afraid to go out there and just have fun and be themselves. And that's what people want to be like. I want to be like her. You know, Lindsay Whalen started it here. I want to be like her or um, in, in team sports because we've seen the Lindsay Vaughns of the world here. But I want to see the teams kind of be big again and have the fan base support them. And hopefully we can challenge all the Gopher fans to kind of do that. That would be a blast. All right. One, one more topic before we get to Jack Toplonsky. Kind of an important and, and revealing interview uh, we're going to do with him. Uh, let's get to agree to disagree. Trevor May, former twin, <laughs> mm-hmm. rips the A's owners as he retires after the A's miserable season. Um, what, did, what did you make of that? Um, and let me read. I, I screenshot it because I was so amused by it. And I thought, for me, thought it was hypocritical. Um, sell the team, dude. Sell it, man, he said. Quote, let someone who actually like takes pride in the things they own, own something. They're actually people who give a S about the game. Let them do it. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, dork. So, so this is what I have to say. Well, after I stopped laughing, right? I'm like, okay, this guy doesn't give a rip because he's retiring. But you have money in your pocket from this guy. I, I would say that he has money in his pocket because he's a, he was a, pretty good major league baseball player and major league baseball players get paid no matter who they play for. 
It's easy to rip someone out the door. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, have the nerve to rip while, before okay. you announce your retirement. I, I agree think that's hypocritical. There. See, I agree with what Trevor May said. Right. It probably would carry more credibility if he'd done it during the season. Thank you. Okay, I agree yeah, with that. That's what I mean. It's hypocritical yeah. to say as you're leaving. Yeah. No, I agree, I agree with, with that. With money in your pocket. Bye, I'm retiring. Yeah. I'm like, okay. The other, the other way to look at it is he's probably speaking for all the players on the team who don't feel like they can say that or they're going to get cut by this guy. Truth. Maybe. And I'll also say this. I like Trevor May. I think he's a really I good guy. I do too. I think he's a really good guy. And I also, I'm kind of glad for him that he's a spot where he can retire. I'm guessing he saved his money. Yeah. Because there are people who play professional sports who never seem completely comfortable with being under the microscope. Uh -huh. And Trevor handled it well. He was yeah. a nice guy. He was a good guy to interview. I enjoyed talking to him. I never, I, talking to Twins people about Trevor May over the years, I always got the sense he just didn't love being a public figure. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to just play baseball. Just play baseball. But yeah. when you asked him to talk, he, oh, he was great. He was, he was not a, he was a very good guy. Yeah, and yeah. I liked him. But I also think that he probably wants a more private life. Did he ever call you a dork? Uh, not to my face, but I will. <laughs> but if he had, I would have agreed with him. <laughs> So it's not a problem. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm pretty self-aware. I'm, I am a dork. Uh, I'm just reading when I was reading the quote, it's like dot, 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 dork. dork. I love it. I'm like, That's oh, I've, I've got to listen to that. Oh, Trevor, May, you know, at least I, if he felt he had to say it, great. I just yeah. wish again, it's for me. I'm like, yeah, it's easier to say. It's almost like after the fight's over and okay. Yeah. You dork. <laughs> Take that. I'm like, okay. Whatever. Oh, all right. Well, I, I, I <laughs> promise uh, that, before I retire from Talk North, I'll call Brandon a dork to his face, just so it, it feels more genuine that way. Go out in a blaze of glory. Exactly, yes. Drop that mic. Boom. Boom. Yes. <laughs> All right. We're not going to drop the mic on Jack Jablonski. Uh, Don has a great conversation with him coming up here. Uh, listen in, and if you get a chance to contribute in any way to Jack's foundation, please do. Uh, thanks again to Brandon. Thanks again to AllEnergySolar.com and Rudy Luther Toyota. And now here's Don with Jack Jablonski. Well, joining us this week is a guest that we all love. I especially so for many, many years, Jack Jablonski. And if you're not familiar with his story, Jack, it's been since December 30th of 2011 since that fateful day. <laughs> I know. D Jack, d does that, how does that ring for you? Like a long time ago, every day, like it was yesterday. How was that for you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because it's, it's both, you know, it, it feels like, it was yesterday in the aspect of, you know, I feel like I'm still playing hockey. I feel like I'm still, you know, 16 in some instances. But at the same time, it, there's been so much that's happened in the last, you know, almost 12 years. And that's the hard part because for me, it's like I'm, I'm happy with what I've accomplished. I'm very proud of what I've accomplished. But at the same time... Um, it's a reminder that it's been 12 years and that's the, the, the weird part about it. I wanted to always ask you this question since we know each other so well, Jim knows you so well, but for people that may be outside Minnesota that didn't know the story, how do you own it? Because especially where you've had to live it and you have to tell your story, whether you have a speaking engagement or whether it's fundraising for your foundation, how do you tell your own story? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for anyone who 
you know, wasn't around the Minnesota community or the hockey community back in, you know, 2011, 2012, uh, a big way that I would kind of describe it is, you know, I obviously was, you know, a, a good hockey player on my way to, to playing beyond high school and, and so on. But, um, you know, I was injured, unfortunately, in a high school hockey game. And um, I've been very, very fortunate to have a ton of support post-injury that has helped me try to, you know, continue life to the best of my abilities. And, and as I've both physically and mentally overcome a lot, I think at the same time, it's also um, a, a gentle reminder of, you know, life isn't fair, but at the same time, you have to make the best of what's in front of you. How have you come to terms with the life isn't fair? Now, I know your family, and if anyone knows the story, too, when um, Jr. Jeremy Roenick, when he first came into the hospital room, he said he heard laughter coming from the room. And some people, when I tell this story, Jack, they're like, well, what are you talking about? Oh, is, is, it, <laughs> is it gallows humor? It's like, no, like this family is amazing. And you were laughing. And and uh, Jr. just says it was such an incredible He said you know, um, atmosphere to be in where he's expecting to go into something so sad that he just automatically felt, first of all, like part of your family. Second of all, this is incredible. And, and I know it's your family, you know, you have a younger brother, Max, you guys joke around your tees, you have fun with your parents and all that. But have you found as older that you get that your family has that unique way about them of just being positive in the midst of things that happen? Yeah, you know, I think the way that I always looked at it is, you know, whether it was through the influence of of my parents um, and just, you know, the way that I grew up. But it was, you know, for me, when I was put into a situation where, you know, I was head bound and, and on my back and unable to move, you know, any of my limbs early on in the injury is there was there's two options and it was to give up or to make the best of what's in front of you and and I go back to to kind of that um situation and and you know we had our ups and downs as a family and individually and how we dealt with you know coping with reality and you know none of us are innocent in in the ways that we you know went about you know doing that and for us you know, in the times where we are fortunate to have people support us, um, you know, like Jr. coming, you know, all the way from, you know, sh filming in Connecticut on NBC at the time to wanting to stop in Minnesota and, uh, you know, introduce himself to me and, and try to be a positive influence, uh, you know, stopping in for four or five hours and then heading directly home on a plane. Um, you know, it meant a lot to me that people would take the time to, you know, want to take my mind away from what was going on or trying to, to help me with positivity. And, and that was something that I, you know, was very grateful for and, and wanted to make sure that anyone who took the time, whether they were famous or whether they were a friend of mine from high school, uh, that I was very appreciative of them and, and that I wouldn't forget that. And, and I also understood that people coming into a, a you know, a, a hard situation in a hospital um, where not everyone really knows what to say that I would try to kind of just take their minds away from that and 
just all I wanted to do was was be a normal kid at the time. So that was kind of the goal. And um, it was a, a really healthy way for me able to be able to 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 move forward in life and, and to be able to try to continue to stay positive, especially in that dark time. You were just scratching the surface on the Jack I know. And for people that are listening that don't know the full story, Jack went on to graduate from Benilde St. Margaret. Then you went to USC. You interned for the LA Kings and now you are working for the LA Kings. So an inspiration for people that really want to get over and and recover and to walk again, but an inspiration for um, ambulatory people, right? That like, wow, I, USC working at the LA Kings, that's my dream job. <laughs> to see you do that, Jack, is just incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I greatly appreciate that. And, you know, I've, again, I go back to being very fortunate to, to have opportunity and to be able to go back to school in high school after the injury and, you know, have people that wanted to help. And, and I, you know, was able to go to USC. I was fortunate to get accepted into it. Uh, such a prestigious school. And, you know, at that point it was kind of, you know, not necessarily taking advantage of opportunities, but making the most. And for me, it was, you know, being able to go to California and, to a place where I was much more comfortable and healthy uh, in my body because of my inability to control my body temperature. Um, it was a big focus to try to figure out what I wanted to do in life. And that wasn't just to sit in a wheelchair and collect social security money because uh, for me, that wasn't enough. I, I still wanted to, to a career and try to make an impact both world when it comes to spinal cord injury stuff. Um, but at the same time, also in the hockey world or um, in the public speaking world and in areas like that. So uh, no question. I've been, you know, very fortunate to, to be able to work for the Kings and learn and still part of the game that I love. So um, to be where I am in life and, and be able to overcome what I have far. Uh, Jack, what I um, admire most in you is not the fact that you're following those dreams, but you're helping others. So when it comes to first, your foundation was called Believe in Miracles, and then you changed it to Believe because it doesn't have to be a miracle to get someone with a spinal cord injury to make progress. And for many, many years, people didn't even know you were not even in any of these studies. You were not getting any of the benefits from it. You were helping other people. And now you finally are getting the benefits. You now have the use of your hand. You can feed yourself, uh, drink water. Um, to see these leaps and bounds from someone from the outside looking in, in terms of myself looking at you, the fact that I always, I believe in karma too. You helped all of these other people before you helped yourself and now you're helping yourself. Um, it, that must've been a hard thing to go through when you're raising money, raising awareness and helping others and kind of waiting for your turn. Yeah. And, you know, when we created the, you know, the Jack Schwansky Foundation and, and the Believe, uh, you know, motto, it was something along the lines of knowing that, you know, I had a voice at the time and, and obviously still do and uh, had the ability to try to make an impact, not only on myself as I moved forward, but 
on everyone else who was living with a spinal injury. Now, I always kind of go back to comparing myself to uh, others with spinal cord injuries. And I've been very fortunate to have a lot of opportunity to chase my dreams, um, to be able to go back to school and to still have, you know, my friends and stuff. And, and I wanted to give back to the community that I know I've been fortunate enough to have, uh, plenty of, of opportunities in. And I know my life and, and what I've had to deal with in a wheelchair and, and living with paralysis. And, and it's not just me. It's, it's millions of other people that have the same exact thing that may not have as large of a voice. And so that was the big idea and the big thought slash want behind creating the foundation of knowing that we had the ability to try to make an impact and positively help so many people. And for the foundation, as you mentioned, Don, regarding being able to raise money but not be a part of, you know, said projects and trial studies. You know, for one on the outside, it may seem hard, but for me, it was a matter of, you know, I wasn't ready for it or there are other people that can benefit and and by them benefiting, we can learn more. So it wasn't something that I, you know, had a tough time going to sleep at night because I wasn't in the trial studies. But this past year, when I was able to get into one of the trial studies that our foundation was raising money for, um, it was the right one for me and the right time for me in my life to be able to, to chase that and try to improve my life. And thankfully, um, I was able to do that with an upper limb study um, through a company called Spinex um, and through electric stimulation. I've been able to get stronger in my upper body and my core to be able to help, you know, contain my upper body with balance that has now allowed me to um, be able to get more hand movement, more control in my arms. And as you said, Don, be able to you know, feed myself more consistently. I'm not spilling all over and, you know, needing help because, you know, I'm dropping things left and right. So um, it, it's been great, obviously, physically being able to do more, but just as importantly, um, from the mental side of, of being able to see things improve and know that the hard work is paying off. I remember when you were thinking about, I'm feeling pain in my leg. Right. And people are like, uh oh, you're like, no, that's great. And then when you could grasp a glass, right, those that look on your face, I said the mental toll it must take when you're working so hard physically and not seeing any improvement. And then when you finally do, how about that mental aspect and that joy that, oh my goodness, a breakthrough? Yeah, no question. Um, you know, I, I think is a, I don't know if it was the way I was raised or, or how I grew up or what it may be. I think, you know, I'll be attest to this. I, I tend to keep a lot of things just in, um, you know, don't want to get too high or too low. And I think I do that in many ways to kind of just be safe. I don't want to have such letdowns or, you know, think something's going to happen and then all of a sudden it doesn't. And so, you know, I try to brace the physical improvements with, you know, waiting until it, it truly happens or until I, I, you know, have a, a good grasp on being able to know that I can take this in and use this to my advantage moving forward. So no question, I think when, you know, I was able to, to pick, pick up 
food or be able to, to feed myself lunch without needing help. You know, those are the big breakthroughs that, that mean a lot. And I think, you know, through the, the, the reactions and interactions with others is something that I, I truly kind of try to not have until it's fully there. Well, you talked, we talked a little bit about the LA Kings, but the Minnesota Wild have just been um, so much a part of your life as well, not only growing up watching them, but November 4th, when you have your big winter gala coming up, um, it's hand in hand with going to a Wild game and how they support you year in and year out. Tell us more about that relationship and also what we can expect on November 4th. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, as you said, Don, like the wild have been tremendous. We're, we're so lucky to, to be partners with them and, and their continued support with our foundation is, uh, something that, you know, I will forever be in debt to them for, um, head by, you know, owner Craig Leopold and, and obviously CEO Matt Mako, who has been a board member of ours for a long time. So, um, no question. We're so thankful that the wild are supporting um, the foundation and, and obviously the, the, you know, the ability to go after spinal cord injury research. Um, but yeah, the, the beat paralysis gala, we're extremely excited to have it again this year. Um, it, it's a, a gala that'll happen just before the, the wild game, uh, on Saturday, November 4th against the New York Rangers down in the, uh, the river center. Um, and it's, uh, it's a great night, honestly. It, it's something that, you know, we have a live auction. We have a bidding auction uh, through the mobile apps as the night goes on, um, and some amazing prizes. I know we've got a, uh, you know, Taylor Swift signed um, guitar. <laughs> we've got trips to, uh, yeah, Swifty Nation. <laughs> there we go. Listen up. Um, um, but you know, there's so many different things. There's trips to to places all across the world. There's super cool events within Minnesota. Um, but most importantly, it's to recognize the uh, the research that's going on in the spinal cord injury research world. And that's something that we've seen great progress in, in the 11 years that I've, uh, almost 12 years that I've been injured. Um, you know, we went from, from, like you said, needing a miracle to, um, to knowing that science is there and science is making things work. So, um, we're extremely excited. The event, uh, we're expecting around 400 to 500 people. Tickets are still available. Um, uh, although they're, they're dwindling down, but absolutely it's an amazing night. Um, in many cases, if you buy tickets to the event, you'll, uh, end up in a suite, uh, as well along with, as the, uh, the ticket comes with. So, uh, a great night for both, uh, paralysis and, uh, a wild game as well. I am so disappointed I can't make it with the football schedule this year, but yeah. I have gone to so many of them. I love that night. And it's a night of joy. You know, uh, I just find it to be like, yes, they're ra raising funds, but I've not been to one where everyone isn't laughing at one point or singing happy birthday to you. It falls on a birthday <laughs> or something like that. So it's, it's just a, a beautiful uh, night to behold on many levels. Now, but I also have two more things I want to touch on, on you with. Um, yeah. So one, 
we were talking about this, Jim and I were before we came on here, and we were talking about when you first did some radio stuff here, and the kind of you were wetting your appetite with what you're doing now. And yeah. a, a lot of people don't understand that you really had to work on your voice in order to do this job. You have to project the voice, um, and so to be sitting and to work on your voice. I know you worked with a mutual friend of ours, Chris Goslin, on all of that, but just the physicality and the mental, how you had to wrap it around in order to do the job that you do now um, has been an impressive journey. How, how has that been for you? Yeah, there's there's really two things there, Don, that I think are very interesting. And the first one is, is you know, getting into the, the media world of, of, you know, radio at the beginning and, and obviously content now and, you know, interviewing people left and right or, or being the interviewer or interviewee. And for me, pre-injury, I was, I wasn't, you know, a, a shy kid, but I was a little quieter in the friend groups. And, you know, it wasn't something that I, you know, had planned on doing in my career. Granted, at 16, they are going to do. Right. But um, have the media world um, and a microphone in front of my mouth growing up. So that I thought was interesting because, you know, posted to it and, and it, it clicked. It obviously worked. I, I enjoy it. But I stood at the young age of, of having, you know, all these cameras and microphones in front. Um, but then, you know, as you mentioned there, yeah, it was interesting because part of the injury, I had to re-strengthen my diaphragm. I had to build up the ability to talk and not have to catch my breath as quickly as other people or, or you know, things on, that not many people realize. So mm -hmm. for me, it was a matter of, you know, I was doing occupational therapy where I was having to work on, you know, blowing air in and out so that I could uh, improve those little things. And that was, I think, something that um, not many people realize. And, you know, like you mentioned, Don, it's, it's affecting me. I'm still working on my core, being able to hold my breath longer just because I, I don't have that uh, ability. It's still something that I'm working on projecting, um, you know, fixing all those little within someone when they're stuttering or trying to think of what they want to say. But at the same time, um, it's always right. Just the physicality of breathing in, breathing out. In addition to the fact we all have to work on, you know, verbalized pauses, you know, just stuff in media that it's hard enough to wrap your brain around what you have to do, but then to physically get into shape of doing that, that's, that's some feat. I'll tell you that. So I want to wrap this up, but it's a kind of a huge question with the NHL not allowing rainbow tape and you so bravely coming out just recently, Jack, as being gay, it's got to tear your heart in half to, to see that direction and to, to live who you are. Yeah. It's, um, you know, seeing that announcement is a bummer. Um, obviously the whole initiative of them taking away all nights of recognition, pride, yeah. you know, cancer, uh, everything. You know, it, it's a bummer because I think when you look at what they are for, it's about inclusion. It's about, you know, talking about it, making sure that people understand that this exists, you know, cancer exists. 
being gay or being in the LGBTQ community and being in sports exists. Um, some more than others, of course, you know, different sports, you know, whatever it may be. Um, to see that, you know, the NHL essentially tried to avoid all conflict when it comes to them taking away the ability to support something that people believe in. And again, if I understand that not everyone may see um, it the same way as, as I do, or not everyone may support everything that we're doing initiatives for in the NHL. Um, but you don't have to throw everything away because 1% of the people are uncomfortable with talking about it. Um, it. Talking about things is the way that people get educated, that people understand uh, other people's views on life or the way other people live. And um, to lose that in uh, such a large scope, not only for the Pride Nights and taking away the, the tape, um, it's a huge step backwards, I think. Um, and it's something that I think we have to, to look at again um, after, I guess, this whole year goes by to try to figure out what the right answer is so that people who are uncomfortable or are not comfortable with said represented night um, can go about it in different ways. Well, I think that's another reason why you are placed where you are. Your voice matters, Jack. So I'm so proud of you. It's brave to be yourself. It's brave to find your voice, especially in a sport that isn't really supporting um, where you are in, in life. So um, first of all, kudos to you, but I truly believe you are where you are for a reason. So continue to use that voice. Yeah, I appreciate it, Don. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because obviously this isn't the life I planned by any means, but uh, that's not the point. You know, it's, it's what you've got in front of you. It's, you know, you look at the situation. Um, and for me, uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate to be kind of given a voice that, that people uh, at least hear, whether they listen to it or not. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's something that I, I take pride in, um, in being myself, who I am. Um, I lived quite a while for... Um, in a world where I, I, while I was myself, I wasn't totally there and, uh, tried to conform to, uh, what I thought people wanted me to be. And, you know, as I've grown up, matured, figured myself out, um, in, in all sorts of ways. Um, I think the, the biggest thing for me is, is just getting comfortable in my skin and, and being proud of who I am, what I represent and, and what I believe in. Well, you're probably overhearing people call you an inspiration, but I consider <laughs> you a friend. You're an inspiration. And I wish you the best of luck, especially November 4th, to raise huge money um, for trial studies, for ending spinal cord injuries, for, for everything that you do. I believe, uh, and I believe in you, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Well, I appreciate the time. Um, so thankful to to be able to talk to you guys um and yeah tickets are still available if you remain but um definitely something worth coming out to um at the very least just to get educated on on what spinal cord injuries are and 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 where we're going and and how we can continue to improve the lives of people with spinal cord injuries and um 
you know, maybe you can walk away with uh, some gifts and some auction items as well. But uh, most importantly, um, I appreciate the time. All right. Well, shout out to you and your family. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you.